This is Faith in Your Recovery. Welcome to the battle. When you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, we're here for you and with you. I'm your host, Randy Davis, a former pastor, founder, and executive director of A Better Life, Brianna's Hope. We are a participant-driven, faith-based, and compassion-filled support and recovery movement for those battling the battle with substance use disorder, or as many of our folks call it, addiction. Rick, Karen, welcome to Faith in Your Recovery. I know you're both extremely busy, and we greatly appreciate you spending some time with us today. Good to be here, Randy. Thank you, Randy. It's going to be our pleasure, as well as those in our listening audience. Before we get to the meat of all this, let's get something out of the way. Do you prefer the weather of today over 83, 85 degrees out on a lake fishing? You you surely prefer this over that, right? Uh, no. Right not. A, <laughs> as a matter not. of fact, I was questioning this morning, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I kind of figured that might be the answer I'd get her real close. Yes. So uh, you've had a good season with all of that, right? We yes, have. we have. Yes, uh, we have. Uh, that's a joy. We all need that that getaway, that refresher, that uh, that refilling. So I'm glad you've had that opportunity. One last question. Who caught the biggest fish this season? Which go, one of you? Go ahead and skip over that and just move on down the line. If you would, Randy. I think that pretty well gives us our answer. Congratulations, Karen. Thank no, you. Okay. Seems like everybody in Burstown knows who caught the biggest fish. We, just, we stopped in a market the other day. We'd only been there one time. And she's like, you still have the biggest fish, Karen? <laughs> Yes, I do. <laughs> well, and now they're going to know it much farther than that. Okay. okay that's all right. So just, you know, be careful. The sticker's in your window. Thanks so. for bringing that up. Oh, man. hey, you can pay me later, all <laughs> okay. right? Uh, it's our goal through this podcast that we want to expose our audience to all things recovery. In the episodes ahead, we'll have guests from the fields of physical and mental health, law enforcement, education, family members of strugglers, those from the political arena and government officials, those in recovery. And actually, I'm trying to seek some folks who are in the middle of the struggle that can come and share with us that are still caught up in that darkness because we need to hear about their battle Absolutely. and how we can help them. Uh, I know for a fact the two of you are major players here in Madison County's war on drugs, and you're highly involved in the recovery effort. Are you the outreach coordinators and joint founders of Turning Point Madison County? Is that the right title? What's the right title? Well, co-founders, I guess. Okay. Uh, yes. We do outreach along with Skip and um, Marcus. Marcus. Uh, but yeah. Either yeah. or, any, we don't care. <laughs> All right, we're not going to worry about the labels. We're no, going to worry about care. the effort, right? Right. right? And the uh, and the goal and the accomplishments. Yes. Before we get into what Turning Point Madison County is about, help us to know each of you a little better. Uh, tell us something about your lives pre turning point okay? okay share a little bit please karen okay well uh, rick and i are both from anderson originally um i uh went to college out of state came back to anderson and raised my family here i have three sons and uh my the majority of my work experience here in anderson i was with the madison county health department for over 20 years and uh that's where we met actually and uh I was always interested in uh, mental health and substance abuse because my husband was an alcoholic and never went into recovery, and his death in 2015 was somewhat of a direct result of the alcohol and what it had done to his body. So I lived many years with that struggle in my household, and and it was my uh, goal to raise my sons uh to where they they wouldn't ever have that struggle, and they're three very healthy, grown, uh, well well to do young men right now. Awesome. So I'm I'm very happy about that, and uh, you know having been affected by that for so many years, uh, I saw how important that struggle is not in the welfare of many families, but it's throughout this county. And uh, you know Rick and I kind of put our heads together and and decided you know. 
in the latter part of these working years for us, that that's something we wanted to concentrate on. Wow. Thank so. you. Uh, I think I heard you say that you haven't had the addiction issue, no. but you've certainly been affected, lived with it, right. and wanted to help make sure your sons didn't turn in that way. Right. Yes? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I look at it from the opposite perspective, I guess, but it's just as, a, as an important one. Having been in the healthcare field for all of those years, did that give you even a different look at the situation? Well, it gave me a different viewpoint as far as how, how treatment centers or people who work in that field might view it. Um, I... I, since I'm not a direct caregiver, like through a hospital or something like that, the health department was a little more on the on the outskirts as far as what could be done for the population as a whole, because that's how we approach things. And uh, what I discovered over time, especially through the Mental Health and Addictions Coalition, is there are those that, that help treat the issues, but then there are those who maybe look at it more of a perspective of we need to prevent this from happening in the in the first place and the fact that it's not just the person who has the substance abuse issue that needs the help but it's the whole family and that's probably more of what i'm in you know interested in than just the treatment of the individual themselves gotcha i saw something on facebook the other day it said something like this instead of fishing people out of the water we need to go upstream and see where they're falling, falling in yeah. yes yes and, i've seen uh, that as well yeah it kind of parallels what you were saying yeah and i was also a, um, a lay pastor in my church and there were people that once they became comfortable would talk with me about problems that they're having that they didn't want to reveal maybe to a traditional medical professional, but felt like, is there just somebody that I can talk to to try to get this off my chest? So and you're saying there are people in the church that battle with addiction or family not, members? Or family that members, do. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody is, uh, you know, susceptible to those issues. After 35 years of ministry, all I can say is amen. Yeah, watch that. Rick, share with us a little of your story, please. Well, as Karen said, I'm a lifelong resident of Madison County. Um, Also been in recovery for 31 years. Um, You know, I uh, raised two boys and a girl, a couple stepchildren. and addiction has played a part in a couple of their lives. Um, I come from a big family, not not my immediate family, but uh, the Zachary family is a big family. Um, and I, I think just like any other family, um, if, if you pay attention, there is issues. Uh, seem to be, I seem to see a lot of those in my own family just because of the numbers in our family. I think when my grandfather died back in the 80s, I think there was over 100 of us, uh, you know, from grandparents down, including grandkids, step-grandkids. But it's a big family, and I don't think it's really much any different than any family around. It's just, um, you know, I, I, I was an addict. I was an alcoholic, and... Uh, Got lucky and found my way and uh, have, have continued that path. Uh, still part of the AA community. You know, I, I owe my life to Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not afraid to say that. Um, it's where all my friends are now. Not not all, but 95% of them, that's where they are. They keep an eye out on me. If I'm not around or they don't hear from me, they'll call me, you know, and, and I need that. I, I need somebody checking on me and I need to know that they're there to check on me. Uh, so, you know, been a work for the UAW General Motors, work for the UAW ABC Rail. Uh, I put in 40 something years uh, just between those two. I was fortunate enough, met Karen through, I was the last president uh, here in, in town of a General Motors facility, which became a Delphi facility. I was the last president there. Was fortunate enough to get picked up by the international unions to do community health, uh, and that's where Karen and I met. And they eventually decided that uh, we're going to try to make a path or, or make a dent in in getting people the help they need. 
So Wow. Uh, pretty yeah. rich background, a lot of contact with the struggle, plus your own struggle. Yes, absolutely. You said you, uh, you're you 31 years clean. Is yes. that what it was? Yes. Congratulations well, on you. that. Tell our folks, I'm sure after 31 years, there's surely no temptation to be drawn back into anything, well, is there? You know, or is there? <clears throat> to be honest with you, Randy, I, I've said this in meetings a few times, and people come up to me after the meeting and said they didn't believe me, but... Um, I have never had the desire to use once I got into recovery. I think I was fortunate enough that I got into recovery because I felt I didn't want to be here anymore, okay? So why would I want to go back to, to that life that I knew just drug me down, beat me up, kicked me around, and, and left me soulless? So I really have never had the desire to drink and use. And I've had the desire to escape many a times. D- don't get me wrong. Absolutely. And I think if uh, those that do have some desire to use, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's hard to get away from the desire to use. You have to change everything about you, you know, and that's the tough part. Um, so, but again, fortunate for me is not having the desire. Okay, then I had to go find something else, okay? Because the desire for me to use, again, is just, um, my way of leaving this planet. Okay, so I mean that's that's what we're getting to. Uh, I don't want to do that. I, I think that um, the God of my understanding has kept me around for some reason, and I think that that reason is to uh, learn to be a good human being and try to pass along what knowledge or or I'm still learning. Don't get me wrong. Oh, got that. Um, I still go to therapy. You know, I, I still have family problems. I still have issues in my life that I have to work through. And, and sometimes I just need to go in and say, hey, here's what's going on. And uh, so sobriety doesn't end all problems. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> it actually helps you see some that you hid from before, yeah, I it, would guess. Yeah, it's a coping. You know, you get the tools to cope with life. And uh I don't mean you're not going to bang your head against the wall because I've done it. And everybody I know in recovery has done it, went down the same path. And people like me, you know, I'll beat my head against the wall until I'm tired of beating my head against the wall. And then I'll reach out and try to resolve whatever's bothering me. So Awesome. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Sure. appreciate hearing your story. And I know there's several folks out there that can relate to both your stories, and that's why we're here. Another reason why we're here, as I mentioned in our introduction, is that we want to be all things recovery. This is not about an organization. It's not about an individual. It's about helping those folks out there who are struggling and ready to find a path to show them a path. We we recognize, we realize not all of us are going to take that same journey. Uh, we'd all drive to the local big box store down different streets, but still get there, hopefully. So why don't you share with our folks a little bit of how Turning Point Madison County came about? You go ahead. This okay. was your this was your idea. Okay. Well, uh Denny Lannon, myself, and Denny is a big senior citizen, senior advocate in our community. He's also a UAW General Motors retiree. Denny does a lot in this community for for the seniors, um, and so I've I've known Denny for a long time. Um, he'd show up all retire retiree meetings and everything. So Denny and I got pretty close, but. Denny and I got talking one day, and he was trying to to resolve or solve or or at least get people to look at some of the senior issues that were going on. And a lot of those were with grandkids and kids taking advantage of their parents, you know, because there was an addiction problem, uh, which is not uncommon. Um, I mean, taking advantage because that's what we do when yes. when we use we you know we we alienate everybody, but yet we use pretty much everybody in our lives. But anyway, Denny and I got to talking, and uh, we knew there was an you know he knew there was an issue. I had just come back from Detroit to, from a convention where my leadership spoke to UAW, and it was kind of like, hey, you know, we got some addiction problems, we got family issues, our children are not being raised the way that probably a lot of us were raised, and um, so I just took that as um, you know I, I had the leeway to do whatever I wanted. Uh, pretty much as community initiatives director. 
So uh, Karen and I and Mike Casaselli from Meridian Health and Denny kind of got together and uh, put together the Mental Health and Addictions Coalition to at least bring that group of people together to find out what was going on in our community. Um, I mean, it's pretty easy to drive around our county and see the bad things, but um, we wanted to know exactly what the issues were and what we might do as a collective group to to deal with that. But having setting in on, on some meetings, uh, one of the providers, uh, local providers, talked about how tough it was to get in, to get an assessment, and then get help. Well, that's that's a lot of steps for somebody who's hurting and hungry for help. Yes, and the one thing we heard that was it may be a couple of weeks before we can get you any help. And being in recovery, knowing people in recovery, knowing people who has died um, while in recovery at that, you know, the last moment I saw them, they were in recovery. I know how easy it is to uh, throw your hands up. You know, one re- any reason is a good reason for an alcoholic or an addict to use. So it, it, especially if somebody reached out for help and you say you can't get them help for a couple weeks, I, I wouldn't need a better reason to go back out and use. I mean, you just gave me one. So we felt that was a problem. That was even said said in that meeting. I brought it up that that's kind of unacceptable. Uh, and it wasn't their fault. It's just we do not have the capacity in this community to take care of everybody mm-hmm. who needs help. So that's why Karen and I decided we needed to go out within a 50-mile radius of Madison County. Uh, one of the big problems we had, Randy, was we had zero Medicaid inpatient beds at the time uh, that was here in madison yes, County, right the, yes okay. there was a there was a few there there is a few mental health beds available but there was none for um, addictions so and how long ago was that that was a year and a half ago 18 months yeah mm-hmm. since wow. then we've had that's yesterday one and big forever. facility open up which was uh mockingbird hill aspire uh who does take medicaid um, Bridges of Hope are now taking Medicaid, but they they don't have a lot of beds. So we still have an issue. We have a big issue with uh, women not having places to go, um, halfway houses and stuff like that. But anyway, that, that was the premises of why we launched forward with trying to make um, get people help. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Karen, what would you like to add to that? Well, he had that dream. He called it he wanted to build a pathway to recovery. And it was the beginning of COVID. A lot of things were kind of shutting down, to say the least. But um, I received an email. Uh, lots of lots of organizations received an email. But I was one of the recipients of an email that said that there was an opportunity to apply for a grant that might help pay for some of those very things that we were concerned about. So... Um, I thought it was a good idea. We contacted the sheriff because it was a Department of Justice grant and it had to have a law enforcement piece. And he said, well, we might as well try. And so uh, at the beginning of COVID, when we were working from home anyway, uh, we decided to apply for a grant to help fund some of the recovery pieces that there was, that we saw a gap. And uh, we continued with the idea that even if we weren't awarded the grant, we were still going to make a difference somehow. So we uh, contacted different organizations to see if they wanted to collaborate with us to come up with some some things that were needed. We um, found a a friend of his uh, who worked through a phone communications company who was willing to set up a 24-7 crisis line for us at very low cost. And so we kind of started inching forward, not expecting to get any grant money, but we thought this is still something that the community needs. We need for there to be a number that any time of day or night, if someone's in crisis, they could get hold of someone to help. Mm-hmm. And so we moved ahead with that, and we, you know, it wasn't very expensive, but what we did do, uh, we paid for out of our own pockets because we weren't going to let the idea fall apart. And we uh, 
through conversation, decided to collaborate with the Christian Center, who has helped us with some staffing and things like that to help answer those phones. And we were able to launch, not knowing where, whether we would ever get any money to put towards it or not, except for you know what we had. And uh, we applied for the grant in April of, was it 2019? 2020. 2020. Okay. Yeah. Got the, yeah, years mixed up. And then we didn't find out until uh, mid-October of 2020 that we actually got the grant, but we had already had pieces in motion and so forth. Now, we launched Turning Point with the same time that there was the grand opening for the Elio Center here in downtown Anderson, because since we were collaborating with the Christian Center and the Elio Center, that that marriage between the two of us worked out perfectly. And we ended up, we were going to serve some of the same population anyway. And then, uh, but we didn't receive any money until about four weeks ago. So we've operated this entire time just on the good faith of people who wanted to help. And that's, that. those are really the people in the community that we need, are the mm-hmm. ones that have that heart to help people, whether there's any money you know, involved or not. That that's that's crazy. It that, is that doesn't work. It is. It's but it working. Did. It's working. <laughs> it is working. That is awesome. I think back in the scriptures there's a story of Abraham and he's ready to leave and somebody says, Where are you going? says, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, going and not knowing. Right. Sometimes but we you just, just have to. You've got to dive in. Yeah. And when your heart and mind are so much together and it sounds like you had such a personal commitment to that, that's gonna be honored. It's gonna be honored by God, it's gonna be honored by the community. I'm gonna guess along the way you've probably had a stumble or two, you've had your red tape, you've had your challenges with collaboration and cooperation. We talk that over real big and we're ready until somebody says, but you got to do it over here instead of, it, you know, their home court. Right. Have you yeah. run into right. any of that at all? Well, yes. yeah, absolutely. Yes. I mean, more than probably we want to talk about, but, yeah. you know, I don't think anything comes easy for anybody. Exactly. If, if, you're, if you're setting out to do something and, and you're determined to get it done, it, you don't have to break arms. It, it'll get done. You know, you may have to twist a few, but you don't have to break any. Um, yeah. And things just come about. I mean, you know, our good friend Eric over here in the, you know, in the booth over here running the show here, uh, you know, has been a been a godsend for us. Um, you know, we're, we've been on the same page trying to accomplish the same things, you know. But, yeah, we, we've made some changes. We were initially wanting to go. Uh, into emergency rooms and, and work with uh, overdose patients who want, wanted help. Uh, we've had to change that around some, but, you know, that's okay because we're still working with the same population. Um, and COVID played a big part in that also. It was, you know, it's just, uh, but like I said, if you're bound to determine stuff's going to happen. Uh, God's going to help you along the way. You know, he's He's not going to send a taxi full of money for you, but I think he's going to uh, put people in your life that you need there. He may fill that taxi and have you push it to where that you may need be. it. That he's may be, He's going to involve us. Yeah, I believe uh, that. Yeah. One thing that we've found, too, is that sometimes the people that we expected to want to collaborate are on an entirely different page, whereas just through happenstance we've come across people that we didn't even know you're one of them who it was a perfect fit to work together you know and it just it, you know sometimes things get put in front of you that you weren't expecting and <laughs> that's the best thing and could have been best thing that could have happened it's better right. than what we expected isn't exactly. it i've mentioned it before i'll mention it again because i believe it with all my heart it's sloppy starts better than no start <laughs> yeah. well yeah uh, you've yeah. got to begin somewhere and then you can start to tweak yeah. and change and refine as you go along yeah. obviously you guys have come a long way what's your next step what would you like to see happen next as far as uh, Turning Point, Madison County, or, you know, the the battle against addiction? Go ahead. Okay. I think where we're at now is, is wonderful. Uh, 
We've got an advertising campaign out there where people are seeing our billboards. They're starting to recognize that we exist. We traveled through Madison County two nights ago, and my wife goes, hey, look at that billboard. See what it says? Yes. And it was talking about turning good, point. Good, We, You know, we... We have the money to pay for things like that now because one of the hardest things is how do you let people know that you're there to help them? Um, people get bombarded by 800 numbers and, you know, if you have this crisis, do this. And we wanted one number that would cover any of those not only mental health and addictions issues, but wraparound services. Yes. We also can, you know, people could call us if they, they need to try to find food or clothing or shelter and all that. We can't solve every problem, but we have a good handle on all the resources that are available. And it makes it so much easier for somebody because if you are in crisis, the last thing you need is to be tossed from one organization to another trying to find help. And it's too hard to navigate all that. So we want to do that for them. Rick, earlier you made the comment, all you need is an excuse. It can either be too sunny or too dark. Sure. And you're yep. trying to eliminate those Absolutely. excuses. That's Absolutely. Right. That's right. But we, uh, I mean, we're fortunate that we're, we've got uh, peer recovery coaches now that we've hired and we will expand the staff as needed just based on how many people start hearing about us and start reaching out for help or that we can go into a situation and help someone in, in recovery. Um, we want to uh, start support groups to help the families and the children who are part of that situation. They may not be involved directly, but they are certainly being affected by it. For sure. And so I, I think really what we're, what we're searching for is that for the entire county to know we exist, we want to help you. We'll find a way, and we don't want there to be any closed doors. Awareness and possibilities. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Do you want to add anything to that? Well, Rick? yeah, I do. Um, you know, one of the, another reason that um, I got involved, I guess, so deeply or so heartfelt was, you know, I have a son who has uh, struggled with addiction f as long as I've been clean. Um, he's had periods of sobriety. Um, but he also had a stroke from the use of meth. And uh, I understand what it's like not only to be, a, you know, using, clean, and a father of someone who is, is using. Uh, that's a big struggle, Randy. There need, you know, there needs to be a whole different big book written on how to deal with families. And um, there's no, you know, it's just a battle. It was a battle to get him help. It was, uh, and I thought I... I thought I knew everybody in this community is, but everybody, you know, not one person knows everything and not one company or facility knows everything. So I worked really, really hard at trying to get him help and finally did get him into a facility down in Indianapolis, but they would only take him for a week. So he got out, continued on, went to prison. Uh, he's back out still struggling he wants to stay clean but there's a lot of issues that goes with addictions and families oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. i i want people to know that um you're not alone that that there's a lot of people going through that um i know that the, the two groups that we're wanting to get started uh go go ahead and mention those Par parents of addicted loved ones yes is going to be doing monthly or i mean weekly meetings at the uh Restoration Church in downtown Anderson. Uh, they're, they are just now getting started. And then we also want to bring in a chapter of Families of Addicts, which is a national organization that's based in Dayton, Ohio. And they have tremendous uh, success. They have, over the course of a month, they'll have over a thousand people in attendance at their meetings in various locations. So, um, you know, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. Here are here are groups that are doing great things, and we want to make sure that we have some of those chapters here. That's great, and that's and, go ahead. And we and Karen and I went over. And we, you know, we spent a lot of time on the phone with them because, like she said, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. So when we first started, we started googling communities that are dealing with the same issues. And Dayton, Ohio, had a tremendous oh. heroin fentanyl problem over there. Um, I mean, like six, seven hundred overdose in a it year. It was deaths, number deaths. one in yes. the U.S. Yes. Uh, so yes. they were forced to deal with the issue. Exactly. But having talked with them since they've 
been at this for a few years, they still have problems. They still have problems with turnover and leaderships in their community, people sure. having better ideas or so, you know, this, it's all an ongoing struggle. Um, but we just want everybody to know that we're here to help you. And, and that's yeah. it. I don't know. And I'm just not sure we'll win the war, but if we can win the battles, you know, one life at a time, yes. change Absolutely. a community at a time, we're going to be moving toward the top of it. Rick, I want to go back to something you said there, if I can figure out a way to word this question the best. You talked about how, you know, you had your own issues with addiction and alcohol, your son's having some issues. And you talked about the struggle of getting him help. What was the hardest on you, your personal battle or watching him go through his battle? Hmm. Good question, Randy. Well, you know, I know my own was a life or death battle. I knew that. Um, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, I no longer want to be here. Um, Physically, but mentally, I, I I didn't want to just, you know, I didn't want to walk away and leave everybody with my crap, okay? Because if you do that, you're leaving people a lot of, a lot sure. of stuff. So, I guess emotion. I don't know. It, they're just as tough, both of them, Randy. Okay, they really are. That's they really are. We'll because that. You know, I guess being in recovery, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not like one of. You know, I used to hear, well, just quit drinking. You know, it's, you know, it's mind over matter and, you know, all that <laughs> crap. Um, Don't you wish. Yeah. Snap your fingers. Yeah. Get over it. And it's like, um, I guess I'm more helpless with my, I, actually, I, you know, I'm the only one who can make decisions for myself and act upon them. I can help him all I want, but he has to to do the work you know that's what i mean the difference and that's the tough part it's just watching the struggle go on and being a parent um trying to and karen knows this she she's been through it with me it's trying to do as much as you can without stepping over that line and being an enabler oh yes yes and, it, and it's so hard for me with somebody who's had a stroke who can't who has issues physically and mentally from the stroke and nobody else, you know, disability, everybody knows the story about disability and it plays out with him, you know, um, it's a big struggle for me. Oh, it would have it's to a big be struggle. all the way around. Yeah. I like the way you said it's yeah. almost equal. Yeah. Uh, depends on the day, probably. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Doesn't yes. it? What is it that makes Turning Point unique? Different than any other, uh, you know, group, organization, well, recovery movement? I'll start off and I'll turn it over to care. Okay. I think it's just what we're doing, Randy, and that is call us. We will help you out. Uh, we're not going to turn you over to somebody else unless it's a facility that's going to take you in or get you scheduled to be in. We're not going to give you an 800 number to call unless, unless you're just wanting some outpatient services. But if you're in crisis, we're, we will not let you go, okay? We're, we're going to stay with you until uh, we either get an answer or you're out in a position that, you know, you, you've caught your breath for a moment, and then we'll deal with this when, whenever we have to. But I think that's the key that uh, you call that one number, we're going to find an answer for you. You know, Skip. First day, Skip Ackerman come on as, as president. We brought Skip on to do the day-to-day -day operations. He come over to Karen and I's office, which is her couch. Um, <laughs> and Skip's sitting there, and he gets his first call as he goes, now, what am I supposed to do? You know, And he gets the first call, and it was actually somebody who was taking somebody to a medical facility in Chicago. They spoke no English. They oh, left their oh. car at Midas. They didn't have any money to get the car fixed or get it back and skip took care of it all you know you know i'm sure those people think wow god is working in our lives oh i mean i was amazed but we can't do that for everybody but no. man he you know so it's just the fact that we're here you're we're, available we're available absolutely 24 7 we will yes karen you want to add to that yeah um one of my favorite mantras is whatever it takes ah. and that's that is the mindset that we want every single person that works for us 
to have because, I mean, we have one uh, peer recovery coach who has taken more than one phone call from someone in the middle of the night and will be on the phone with that person two or three hours knowing she has to go to work the next day, you know, and it's just it's whatever it takes to help that person. And that's that really is uh, what we think the philosophy should be. I I feel like Turning Point's different because those are the people we specifically seek out to help us. And like I said before, we tried to streamline it. So if they just call one number, they don't have to worry about anybody else. Uh, we hand them off in a phone call and stay part of that conversation until we know that they've got the help on the other line that they're looking for. And then we follow up to make sure that they've gotten what they need. Um, we just don't want anyone falling through the cracks. And yeah. I don't think you'll find that anywhere else. That That's incredible. And I like what you were saying about the gal taking phone calls in the middle of the night, be on there two or three hours. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess if you ask her, she remembers a time where she hoped and prayed and wished somebody had talked to her for oh, I two think so. hours, yeah. Yeah. three hours. And it's that, you know, the adage of paying it forward and giving of yourself as others have given unto you and just yeah. trying to to encourage and to be there. Wow, with what you said, you've already covered a lot of what I was going to ask. But uh, what do you see as the as the greatest need here in the county for you guys? Let me rephrase that. If I had all the resources needed, what would you want to do with those resources if I offered them to you? Resources are no issue in this question. What what kind of a dream would you have or, you know, where would you like to go nuts with it? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and start. Um, you know, like I said, our, our engineer friend here is doing this show for us, Eric. Uh, Transportation is probably our biggest issue. Transportation and probably emergency housing. Um, so I guess in my eyes, it would be if somebody called us, they needed help, that wherever they needed to go, we could get them there, Randy. Um, we wouldn't have to try to find somebody to drive them there. We wouldn't, you know, that those would be available. Um, if you know if you wanted to go to indianapolis to a rehab that hey go jump in a car we're taking you i mean you could make that that instant response just like with your hotline there's somebody there you can make that happen we're working on it we're working on it well you've come much farther than you had to even (laughs) dream you could go so i have no doubt you'll get there karen you want to well he mentioned briefly about the the housing issue I think that tears at my heart maybe the most is that there are there are homeless there's a homeless population we'll never be able to help everybody because there are some people that genuinely choose to live off the grid so to speak and and would prefer not to live in an organized shelter or something like that just because they feel like they want to have their own rules and yes. we can't force those upon. Yes. But there are an awful lot of people that call us and we're talking about men, women, families, you know, men and women who have children, elderly, disabled people, the gamut that circumstances has has dealt them a hand that they have no roof over their head and they don't know when they will. And there just isn't enough shelter to go around. And the, the responsibility and the liability of taking on that uh, taking that on is huge. And that's part of the problem is, is you know, we've, we're going to have to find the right person or the right group to just say, no matter what it, no matter what it takes, we'll do it. And we, it needs to be in every community, not just Anderson. Yes. We need one in Elwood. We need one in Alexandria. We need one in Ingalls. We need them everywhere. I don't think the general population truly recognizes the amount of homelessness and uh, what that's about and the need for that kind of assistance, support, and help. Mm -hmm. Uh, We may see the guy or the gal on the corner with a sign, and it may be legit. I'm sure it is many times. Sometimes it's not. But homelessness is real, and uh, it is. 
is a struggle that needs addressed. I'm glad you guys are are working in that direction. It, it affects you, every age group, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I heard you talking, and as you did, I could just sense that feel. Let me ask you both personal question. This isn't easy work. You know, to see somebody struggling with alcohol or drugs, and you know they may be one night or the next choice away from death. Somebody who's hungry, somebody who's cold, somebody who doesn't have a roof, somebody who doesn't even know the next step to take. How do you manage it personally? What do you do for yourself to help you deal with that? Well, I, Karen and I are fortunate that <clears throat> well, I have a boat that sits down on Del Hollow <laughs> and uh, just a bass boat. I don't have no yacht, and um, we get away. You know, we get away. Um, we still work while we're there, though. Right. We still work. Yeah. But, you know, um, I, I guess I justify it, Randy, is, look, I've been in the work field for 50 years now. I've retired from uh, a couple different places. Well, one shut down or retired. Um, and I can only do so much, you know, I love to help everybody. It breaks my heart. Uh, you know, I, I've approached people, uh, to try to help them. And I don't know if it was out of pride or like Karen said, just leave me alone. I really don't want any help. Uh, breaks my heart because I, I can look at you and tell you that, you know, you could probably use a little help somewhere. And for them to turn it down, uh, that's a heartbreaker for me. But again, there's a reason for that. I don't know what that reason it's is. Back to those choices yeah. we own our own. Well, Have and to. he, that person that I just try to get help may get help later on. Sure. I, you know, I don't know the answers, but I guess that's my biggest gift is um, I only know what I know, and and God knows more than me, and and I'll do what I can, and. Uh, I, I sleep okay at nighttime, so... Hooray. Um, There's know. that scripture that says, his ways are above our ways, his thinking is above ours. Yeah, I, I had a good <laughs> I'm friend. I'm glad of that. I had a good friend in recovery. He ended up passing, uh, clean and sober, graduated, but, uh, and he was a big old, uh, a big old ex-guard at at the prison down pendleton uh i guess he he told me he had to he worked so much overtime he had the highest pension ever of any state employee <laughs> and he looked like uh, i'm sure he could just beat the hell out of you without <laughs> much effort uh but he would just say that you know i just always say uh try to be good to myself and not harm others you know yeah. He said, "Don't don't do what you would do to others, because some people like pain. That yep. so just don't yep. harm others." Yep. So, yep. got anyway. that. Karen, would you like to add to that? Well, um, like he said, I mean, our we can stay somewhat rejuvenated because we do have the option to get away. Not everyone does. Uh, we are fortunate in that regard that our our personal. Uh, Finances allow us to at least do that some. Um, I think also, though, what gives us both a lot of uh, comfort is the fact that we've hired some of the best people and we collaborate with some of the best people that have as much of a heart for it as we do. So we know that even if we have to step back for a couple of days, that it's, things are getting taken care of properly and we don't have to worry or be stressed about it. There's some peace in that, isn't there? There really is. And and it was it was not something that we expected, but now that it's come along, we realize we never could have done all of this without those people. Yes. And so it's it's become a joy now to start moving forward with this whole team of people. That that's incredible. On behalf of the community and myself, thank you both uh, for what you do and for Turning Point. Let's kind of move toward wrapping this up. What is one of the last things you'd like to say to our audience? What would you like them to know? Should maybe their commute, you know, for their community's sake, individual sake, what's the biggest piece of advice you could give those who are seeking? help go for it <clears throat> just go for it um what i want people to know that that are accurate and not just even using those in recovery because i struggle too i understand that 
Uh, don't think that uh, you have all the answers because you don't. Um, you know, some 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 of my best friends and sponsors are like, you know, Rick, you know a lot, but you don't know everything. <laughs> and um, stay humble. But for those that are, are trying to get some help, just know that there are people out there who love you, who care about you, uh, who wants best for you. Uh, we don't charge anything for our services. Um, just know that, that there is people out there who care. And, and I also want to touch on Randy Brown is hope. You guys have been, you have personally been an, you know, you just when Karen and I would get down, we'd say, let's just call Randy. I mean, really, we'd just call Randy because of your inspiration and your attitude towards life. And then Brianna's hope has become a big part of Turning Point uh, with Marcus Dennis and um, Bob Case and Bob and everybody. And you guys are moving forward and we feel like we're moving together forward. Yes. Uh, so whatever message you have, we would like to carry that message also because it's a beautiful message. And um, I, I guess. Thank you. It's been a good relationship yes. beyond a partnership. Even yes. OK, beyond the professional. It just I haven't been invited to go fishing yet, but I'll <laughs> well, get over that. OK, and I'm that's sure an open can, invitation, Randy. <laughs> I, I was afraid you'd answer that yeah. way. Karen, did you want to add something yeah, to that? I think that. Um, Somewhat part of my concern is I'm not sure who it is that's going to be listening to this podcast, and I want I want everybody to know that that while we focus on mental health and addictions, the fact of the matter is that there isn't a single person in the community or in the county that doesn't have some connection to a mental health or addictions issue. It may not be them. It may be a family member. Uh, maybe a friend, it could be the neighbor down the street. But even if you feel like, well, that doesn't touch me, who doesn't have occasional bouts of depression or anxiety or a stress load that, that's difficult? And and I don't want anyone to think, well, that's just for those people oh, yeah. and not for me. It's for anybody, anybody who wants to hear about what resources are available and no matter how big or how small – We'll find some way to, you know, to give you the information and the help that you need. You don't have to be an aid on a 10 scale or no. even a three. No. You've just got to be someone that recognizes I need help right, right. now. Right. Yes. Right. And and all you need is to pick up the phone. That's there all you is. have to do. Incredible. Yeah. Is there anything you guys would like to offer to our listening audience as far as a way to contact Turning Point, how they might be able to reach you should they, you know, with something they've heard here, you've touched their head or their heart. Uh, what can you what can you give to that? OK. OK. Well, first of all, I mean, obviously, our crisis line number is is the center point of, of getting to us, but you can walk into the Elio Center or the Christian Center, um, the Family Resource Center. That's a new facility that's opened up in the YMCA. Uh, we're going to have a lot of presence in that building. Uh, the United Methodist Churches, a lot of them have Brianna's Hope chapters. I mean, you can walk in there, but you can, you can reach us a lot of different ways, and most of the social service organizations and, and health organizations out there now know we're here so if you don't for some reason have the number you can call just about anybody that's related to mental health or addictions or a wraparound service and they'll know but our number let me we can go ahead and give you the number we have so many numbers floating around in our heads but our own number uh 765-227-2585 would you repeat that again one seven six five two two seven two five eight five. Okay, another yeah. almost trick question here. Okay, I can tell by the look on your faces. Uh, do you have a website? Absolutely. What is that? Facebook uh, page. You can just look up Turning Point Madison County. And Facebook. make sure you put the Madison County yeah. on there because there are... there's no of. Correct? No, it's just, just Turning Point words. Madison County. Awesome. Right. right. And then we also have, we do have a website that just recently launched uh, -huh. uh turning point madison county dot org and dot com or dot com either, oh, yes. either one yeah. Yeah. awesome anything else you'd like to say in closing no i just uh, you know i just want to say that um 
don't take your car to Midas and then call us. Uh, <laughs> I was just, I'm just trying to say what kind of person Skip is and how he attacks personal, you know, problems that yeah. are are given to him. Um, you know, he went above and beyond, and that, but that's Skip. That's that's what he does. Um, but that's really what we all do in certain situations. We do. We, we just, do. Yeah. It's not about you know. Randy, it's not about us. You know that. It's about being a good um, human c- <laughs> good citizen of this earth and trying to take care of each other. That's all it is. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And again, thank you both for what you're doing. Uh, and thanks to this community and others who are in support and part of the partnership Absolutely. that's mm-hmm. helping to make this happen. I'll go ahead and say thanks to Eric as well. Uh, yes. I guess producer, I'm not even sure what engineer, the pro- Engineer, producer, well, he's at all. Certainly our techno uh, <laughs> giant. All right. And it's much appreciated. So, folks, we want to thank you for turning in and just kind of give you a reminder reminder that you can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and Google Podcast. If you think we're worthy of your time and we challenge your head or your heart, please check it out. Leave a five-star rating. Click like, download, and subscribe. That kind of support will help us move forward in a way that allows to touch change and save even more lives. If you're interested in finding out more about A Better Life, Brianna's Hope, check out our website at ablbh.org. We would welcome the opportunity to discuss the possibility of one of our chapters in your community. We're now in our eighth year of bringing hope and help to individuals and communities. There on our website, you'll find all the info for contacts you need. On our next episode, we'll be joined by Brian Blevins. Wow, his is a story you've got to hear to believe. You'll be amazed how addicts do recover. So, Keep this next thought in mind. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give in to the urge. Your answer, your healing, your recovery may be just around the next corner, or who knows, it may be in our next episode. Have faith in your recovery by having faith in yourself, your journey, and above all, God. Believe and keep fighting the battle.